Vayira, he was afraid because he might be killed. By Yetzirah, he was distressed because he might have to kill. You are listening to the JP Show, where we discuss the issues you care about from a Jewish perspective. I am Rabbi G. And I am Rabbi Levi. And we hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, this is Rabbi G, and we're back continuing to talk about different concepts. And I think while we're all going through a challenge, uh, Israel is still very much at war. I think it's good to focus on concepts that come out of what is going on now. And I think that all has to do with the idea that it's not we're not spectating here, we're not listening and supporting and being pro and and and, and you know feeling the pain of others. We're feeling our pain. We're all one. It's it's we're one people, one soul connected on so many levels, um, and therefore we are at war. Not Israel's at war, but we are at war, um, and we need to stay focused. We need to channel our emotions, as we spoke about last week. We need to be healthy and stay healthy, but we need to and and also focus a lot on hope and faith and all good things. But we need to we need to think and we need to focus and we need to keep doing things to support our brothers and sisters in Israel. So today I wanted to just open up with a, um, a concept that has to do, I think, with nuanced thinking. And I'm bringing this up now, it's not so much about what we're going through emotionally and the difficult emotions and so on, but it's more about the way we think. And it's, I think, an important topic for the following reason, because unfortunately, maybe we shouldn't be watching so much social media and videos, but a lot of us are, and many people are, and many people are working out there in the workforce surrounded by people who are, their whole source of information is social media and media in general. People are getting bombarded by so many different messages and questions and accusations. I mean, some of it is just completely ridiculous and, 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 and blatant lies and untruths and so on and so forth. But the problem is that when you say something enough times, it has an effect on people and people need to think and we need to have moral clarity. And it's very important that within ourselves, we are proud and we think and we understand and we really have a proper perspective on what is going on. So when I said to, when, I, when I talk about nuanced thinking, I'm talking about the following idea because you know often the accusations we hear is doesn't Israel care about the Palestinians, doesn't it, about innocent civilians, doesn't Israel care about all this and so on and so forth. And the answer is of course they do. But let me let me highlight something very important and that is a story, a biblical story of Yaakov. So let's give the context. Jacob, our patriarch Jacob, um, has to run away from his brother Esau, who's out to kill him. It was also after the whole story of killing the blessings, he uh, he runs away to his uncle and future father-in-law Lavan, who's not a very good person either. And uh, he spends 20 years there, pretty challenging 20 years. And then eventually he marries there, he has a whole family there, and then he's on the way back. Another way back, he doesn't know if Esau has calmed down, if he still wants to kill him, and if he still hates him, and so on. So he sends messengers to his brother Esau to find out where he's up to. And he, got, he gets word back that he's coming to greet him with 400 soldiers, 400 warriors. In other words, it's not a good situation. Threatening him. So Yaakov, you could say, sort of panics in a way. He's upset. He doesn't know what to do. He does three things. He sends presents to Esau to appease him. He strategizes militarily the whole whole concept that he divides his camp into two parts in case one is attacked, the other one can escape, and so on, and he prays. 
And then the verse tells us, Vayira Yaakov, Yaakov was afraid, and he was distressed. So the commentaries ask, what is this double expression? He was afraid and he was distressed. Why the double emotion? And the answer that Rashi brings down in, from, our, from our rabbis is the following. Vayira, he was afraid because he might be killed. Law, he was distressed because he might have to kill. So he was scared because he might be killed. He was distressed because he might have to kill. And this is what I mean by holding two thoughts in our head at the same time. Yaakov, who's our father, we are called B'nai Yaakov, B'nai Yisrael, the same person. That's where uh, Abraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, that's where we get our spiritual genes from. We do not want to kill. Yaakov was distressed. But he also knew that he might might kill. Because if he's attacked, the moral thing would be to kill. Sometimes it's moral to kill. That's what it is. Would he be happy about it? Would he be excited about it? Absolutely not. By Yetzirah, he was distressed. He did not want to kill. Because we have a concept that human life is sacred. In fact, one of the Jewish hallmarks is the sanctity of life, any life, all lives, are, are, are sacred. And life is, is, is we, we don't, it, we are sensitive to life. I heard yesterday someone say, you know, Jewish people, when they get together, they say L'chaim, which means to life. We ask God on Rosh Hashanah for life. Zachain L'chaim, remember us for life, and so on and so forth. We're all about life, and therefore us to kill is a very difficult thing we don't want to kill. We are peace-loving people. At the same time, killing is sometimes moral, sometimes a thing we have to do. Which is why we see in our army, we have to be proud and absolutely clear about this, that they have this nuanced approach. They obligate, they, they're right, but not, as people say, not only their right, their obligation is to defend Israel, defend its citizens, and to prevent an atrocity like October 7th ever, or that happened on Shvini Atzeret and Chatzarah in Israel, ever happening again. At least doing what we can naturally to make sure it never happens again. That means defending ourselves, it means killing the enemy, and it means sometimes they try as best as they can, like no other army in the world, to protect civilians, but... Let's be honest, in this kind of situation, especially when civilians have been held as human shields and so on, there will, they will be civilian casualties. Does that mean we're happy about it? Are we going to celebrate it like some of the terrorists do when they kill people? Absolutely not. It is a painful thing. Will we celebrate the victory when we eradicate Hamas? Absolutely. We will. We'll celebrate being safe. We'll celebrate a victory. Celebration and pain for, for having to kill can happen at the same time. They can coexist. The willingness not to kill and killing can happen at the same time because they're both important. We have to kill when we have to kill. It's just morally important. And what's morally important, we do it. We might feel pain when we do it, but we still have to do it. So we just have to be very clear about that. Killing unintentionally a civilian in times of war is not translated as, I don't care about the civilian. Both things are true. Yaakov was very distressed that he might have to kill because killing is not a Jewish thing ever. But sometimes it's morally important and morally necessary and morally obligatory. So that's, that's the thought that, we, that, that I wanted to begin with. I'm here with Rabbi Levi. We're going to discuss this a little bit, unpack it a little bit. First of all, how are you, Rabbi Levi? Doing okay, like everyone else. Trying to stay positive, stay hopeful. And are you? Are you uh, doing well? Are you, are you positive? Look, it's definitely a struggle. There's nothing to talk about. I think everyone's struggling. Um, a lot of people have told me that even now they find it hard to focus on work. It's like... Our minds and hearts are elsewhere, but uh, for the sake of the Jewish nation, we all have to keep on going. That's, uh, that's what it means to be a Jew. Yeah, I think not just keep on going, but keep on going with hope. With hope. Positivity. Absolutely. And even joy. I guess same idea. We can hold these two things at the same time. Joy, yeah. and, joy and pain at the same time. And I think it's interesting, you're talking about morality. Um, 
I, I was I was listening to uh, and this is this was, this was a very powerful speech, some sort of pro-Israel rally that was happening in a college campus in America. I, I apologize that I, that I don't know the woman's name uh, who was speaking there. She was a brilliant speaker. Uh, you can tell she wasn't American. She had like an accent. I think she said she was from Mexico originally. Her family was actually from the from Iraq or one of those countries, um, uh, sort of originally before 1948, and they had to leave. Um, and she was saying how the first part of the speech, she was outraged about the anti-Semitism and all that. And then she started going on and saying, you, you know, do they really think that we're going to cower and we're going to, you know, stop stop doing what we're doing? Do they know who they're messing with? And she goes through, you know, they're messing with the children of Abraham and Sarah who stood up to the entire world. The entire world were pagan and Abraham and Sarah came and said, no, there's one God. So, you know, we're the descendants of Moses who taught the whole world what freedom is, right? You know, who... The first ones who take slaves out of their country and their their their, their servitude and set them free, and what true freedom means, etc. Um, I think we have to remember that that we have to be proud that we actually are the ones who brought morality to the world. I mean, we're talking about the Ten Commandments, so let's start with that, right? Um, before we even get to human beings, in Torah there's there's animal rights. I mean. With a limit, obviously, we're allowed to kill animals and we're allowed to eat animals, and, and sometimes it's actually a mitzvah too, like sacrifices and all that. But even a certain level of sanctity of, 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 of an animal's life, how we kill an animal, how we treat an animal when they're alive, and all of that, like we, we are the ones who, who, who brought this. I mean, not it came from God, obviously, but I'm saying we were the ones who were taught this first and we introduced it and to we the introduced world. It to the world. Um, so I think that's something to keep in mind, actually, like before the whole world lectures us on morality. I think we need to be proud that. Uh, you know, we, uh, we, brought, we brought morality to the world to begin with. I think that's a great point. But I think it's also important to understand when we say we brought morality, and you said, obviously, it's from God. I think that's the point, right? Right. Point it wasn't what, our own ideas. Exactly. What's the definition of morality? Correct. And, you know, we go into this whole concept where it's con- the difference between relative morality and absolute morality. And right. I think it's very much connected to what we said before. Our, our, our sense of morality is not how we feel on any given day. Correct. It's about what is right and wrong. So as Jews, we believe in a divine system, in a system that is, as Rabbi Sachs puts it, I think, it's outside of our universe, that's mm. beyond, transcends our universe, not something that we make up within the context of our own existence, because obviously it doesn't, that doesn't work. And as we see, morality has gone... Totally out of the window. To, totally out of the window. <laughs> it also just changes with the winds, and, and people make up what they feel, you know, and, and um, different things become moral in different generations. The Torah system morality is a morality that is that is absolute and divine, and also I think that's why things can come together, because it's about what's absolutely right and what's absolutely wrong, not about what we feel. Yeah. So, like you say, I mean, even going to animal rights, right? That's interesting. Let's, let's go there for a second. That's an interesting discussion. Interesting topic. Maybe yeah. it's a different podcast than completely, but yes, in in Torah there's a concept of treating an animal sensitively and nicely and not causing undue pain to an animal and yet because because that's what Torah teaches us to do but it's not because we feel equal to the animal because we're not Torah right. tells us an animal human being are not equal and therefore we're not vegetarians I don't mean for health reasons some people are for health reasons and all that but um, we're not philosophical vegetarians ever because we believe that there's a place to eat meat God has given us that right if we do it in the right way if we eat for the right reasons which is you know not an indulgent way and so on and so forth and yes, we can we can shecht an animal, and yet we are very sensitive to an animal. Um, you know, if I could just tell you a quick re- re- reflection, I mean, it is also in some areas a bit of a controversial thing, but 
before Yom Kippur, a lot of people do kaparot. Right. When, when, you know, when you take a chicken and you say, you know, also then you're supposed to chew the chicken nicely and so on. I remember looking at the Baba Cherebbe when he would do his chicken, he would bring it out and there was a shofet there, he used to uh, shech the chicken. And in fact, you're supposed to, the real way to do kaparot is you're supposed to do it on Erev Yom Kippur and actually watch the chicken being slaughtered to like understand the mortality of life and you know that really I've seen pictures of it actually just the way they never held the chicken first of all it was beautiful was, uh, just we were such extreme sensitivity right. yeah. and every time the Rebbe would hand the chicken to the Shaykhet and he would shecht it every, the Rebbe would watch it every time he would he would shudder because by nature he was a very sensitive person we could say yeah. and he didn't enjoy it he didn't enjoy looking at the chicken being, being, and, that's, and that's exactly right nor should we enjoy it's not something to enjoy right but and that's an animal Right. Yeah. yeah, and that's something that's right. I mean, how much more so, of course? We talk about human beings. Exactly. We should never yeah. enjoy. You know, we should never. Enjoy, but sometimes it's the right thing. Okay. So the animals becomes part of routine life. God said that's what we should do. We eat animals and so on. We elevate them, and there's an altruistic idea behind why that is, and it's not for now. But that is like we 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 our, our morality is absolute, and therefore sometimes two moral issues come together. They don't quite fit in comfortably with the emotional structure of who we are, but. But we put both things together because that's how we do it. Because that's you can only have nuanced thought when you when your basis is absolute truth. Yeah. Right? When your morality comes from just how you feel, then it's very hard to combine with other with other feelings, other contradictory things. When it comes from an absolute source, then it, then it can be combined. So yes, we do not like killing, we do not seek killing, we do not seek war, we seek peace. That is the 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 ultimate. But if it's moral to kill, then it's moral to kill. I, I, I just want to be clear here because nowadays some people you know, can hear half a sentence. We're not comparing animals to human beings here. We just brought that no, as an no, example, no, just an example of, 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 of absolute morality. I, I was listening to a podcast where someone was interviewing um, an IDF soldier who was like, on the front lines when they were interviewing them. And you just hear in the person's voice, in the, in the soldier's voice, like they were saying, listen, we're going to have to go to war. We're going to have to fight. We didn't want this fight. I wasn't interested in it. I don't want to, I don't want to kill people, but if we're forced to, this is what we have to do. And this is the right thing to do. And you can hear it in their voice. Like not, These people are, are not interested in doing this. They're, they were interested in living their life with their families peacefully, uh, but they were forced to. And since they were forced to, now it becomes the right thing to do. And then if they have to do it, they have to do it. That's right. Um, we, we see this concept also about not celebrating death really not celebrating any death, even if it is the right thing to do. Um, when the Jewish people crossed the Red Sea, we have this concept that when they went through the Red Sea and the Egyptians were drowning, uh, the angels at the time wanted to sing to God, and God said, no, you can't. Um, and the expression that God used was, my handiwork is drowning in the sea, and you're going to sing to me? And I think, to put things into perspective... Um, that was the enemy. Right. The Egyptians drowning weren't innocent civilians. I mean, no. they're, they're they were, they were Nazis. I mean, they were people who were literally pursuing the people. people, wanted to kill them, you know, the terrible atrocities to the people. And God killed them. Like, they had to die. You know, that was the right thing. They had to drown. But at the same time, we didn't, weren't supposed to dance while they were drowning, which is an interesting thing. Right, right. And what's even more interesting is that there's a custom on, on the seventh day of Pesach. Um, you know, on the seventh day of Pesach, because the Jews, when they were, when they came out of the Red Sea, and they would say, they sang, they did sing, they sang song to God, and they celebrated, and we celebrated on the seventh day of Passover, because you've got to celebrate the deliverance of God, the salvation of God. And yet, even us, we have a slight custom that shows our sensitivity, that there's a, a prayer called Hallel, which we always praise God when we, when we are saved, and so on and so on. Like Hanukkah we say it, on Pesach we say it, on Sukkot, and so on. And there's a thing that on the seventh day of Pesach, we don't say the complete Hallel. 
we say what we call hafalo, we, we leave out a piece. Uh, and the question is, why? It's a yantif, it's a chag, we should be saying complete halal. And the reason is because of this midrash, that God even didn't want the, animal, the angels to sing, because at the end of the day, people die. People dying is never a good thing, it's never a nice thing. But, and that's why we even do that. Yet we, we tell the story of the song, or we sing that song. Shirat. And there is a song that the Jewish people did sing yeah, after, we, after the event. After, and we sing yeah. it on the seventh day of Pesach. So again, we hold two things together. Right. Are we ha- like, like Yaakov, you know, he didn't want to kill. So even the enemy didn't want to kill. Um, he would have to, he would. He didn't have to at the end, but he, 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 he would have. So we have a little bit of, we have a pause, we have a moment where we're sensitive to the fact that people died. People are, whatever people it is, it's a creation of God. And we pause for that. But at the same time, we celebrate the fact that we did the right thing, we, were, we did the moral thing, and God delivered us and he saved us. And God's going to do the same thing nowadays. He's going to save us, he's going to deliver us. And yes, there's unfortunate things that are going to happen, but they're going to happen because it's the right thing to do. And we should be confident about it. We should never ever doubt that. We should be, I think, again, we said it before, it's all our war, right? And I think, in our case, you know, the IDF is, is one of the most moral armies in the world, and we should be proud. We shouldn't hear all these things, because it's very hard. These things come on the screen all the time, bombarding. Oh, we don't care, we don't care. And, right. and we have these ridiculous fabricated numbers. I mean, any number's bad, but I'm saying, you know, we don't know what to trust, how many have, all these numbers being thrown and, at us. And pure blood libels happening also. And it's almost, it's almost possible to like feel, uh, to sort of question ourselves. We should not do that. We should have full trust in what they're doing, in the morality of what they're doing. They are defending the Jewish people. They're defending us. They're defending the land of Israel. And things that happen are, might be unfortunate, but they're still a moral and correct thing to do. And may God protect them and save them. And then hope it comes to a swift end. Yeah. So we should be victorious and we're going to emerge even stronger. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Wonderful week. Only good news. Thank you for listening to the JP Show. For questions, comments, and feedback, please email rabbig at bina, B-I-N-A, dot com, dot A-U. See you next time.